When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it, Allen. Tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the Jets-Patriots post-game report. The Jets lose one at MetLife Stadium today, 15-10. The weather outside was ugly. The play inside the building was even worse. And so to break it all down, our friend who covers the Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, we're going to break this one down, but boy, this was, as I said, ugly on the inside, ugly on the outside. Yeah, it was tough to watch and I feel for Jets fans. You know, not only do you have the this loss that leaves you with, with very little hope moving forward, but it also with the whole thing with the Patriots and Patriots not being very good and still not being able to beat them and all the disappointment of two weeks ago with Rodgers. I mean, it's just a tough time to be a Jets fan and you know, I definitely feel that. And it's it's also not the the best time to cover this team because um it just seems like the same old movie. It, it's it's hard it's hard to watch, and um, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's like the 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 five or six months Rodgers was here never happened. We're right back to, to watching an offense that that can't get anything going and a defense that played well enough to win the game, but but didn't because you know even after giving up thirteen points, they they got nothing from the offense. So it, it's. It's a, a vicious circle for, for the Jets right now, and, and and certainly understand the frustration of the fans. Andy, the last two weeks, what you and I said is that Zach Wilson clearly showed signs of progress. He wasn't the reason that they won the first game, but he certainly hung in there after the bad interception and was able to have that one drive toward the end. He wasn't the reason they lost to the Cowboys. He was under constant pressure the whole game and still managed to make some nice throws, hang in the pocket, not lose his cool, and didn't throw interceptions until he was just desperately trying to make something happen late in the game. This game was the polar opposite of that. There were no strides taken. This looked like the Zach Wilson of last year, the Zach Wilson that got booed off the field against Jacksonville, the Zach Wilson that got benched more than once, the Zach Wilson that forced the Jets to go hat in hand, desperately trying to get Aaron Rodgers this offseason. Now, To his credit, he did have that one really good drive in the fourth quarter, and I thought it was funny because this was the most predictable offense on earth. They ran the ball on first down, what seemed to be every single time, and it wasn't until midway through the fourth quarter when they tried to pass on first down, 
that Wilson got in a rhythm and actually had a really good drive. It was one of the best drives of his career so far. As Tony Romo said on television, it was a situation where you got to see everything about Zach Wilson that got him drafted so high. He looked decisive. He threw some great passes. He was able to hang in the pocket. But for most of this game, you saw exactly why fans were out on Zach Wilson and the organization was out on Zach Wilson at the end of last year. He was taking sacks he didn't need to take. He was missing open receivers. He just wasn't seeing the field. He looked nervous out there, clearly Bill Belichick in his head. And this was a case where on a fair amount of occasions, he actually did have time to throw. The offensive line looked a little better today. Changes made out of necessity. Dwayne Brown was out. He went on IR. And Andy, as you know, of course, there were some little tricks being played by Robert Salas, some mind games, if you will, during the week where he was saying that he thought Dwayne Brown would go, and if for some reason he didn't, it would be Billy Turner. We all suspected that that's not what would happen. Last year, they had Elijah Vera Tucker secretly practicing a tackle so that he would be ready to play against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's what happened in this game. Vera Tucker went to right tackle, Makai Becton went to left tackle, and Joe Tipman got into this one at guard. And that made sense because you had your five best guys, but run blocking was brutal. They wanted to run the ball, 21 carries, 38 yards. Dalvin Cook looked terrible. Tommy Griffincrantz had a great line shooting me a text saying, Dalvin Cook looks like his feet are stuck in cement. We said when the Jets signed him, it was nice that they got him. He was a big name and all of that. But how much did he really have left? We weren't sure. If he was just going to be some insurance for Brees Hall, fine, but don't expect a ton. Well, through three weeks, he looks like the player that Arif Hassan warned us he could be when he came on the show. If you remember, Arif said two years ago, Dalvin Cook was one of the best players in football. Over the last two years, he's slowly but surely begun deteriorating, and we've seen that the last three weeks. This was just a mess in every way possible. The defense, I thought, had their rough moments, but overall, Ben, but don't break. Able, as you said, to hold the Patriots to only 13 points. They had the one touchdown on the busted coverage, but other than that, they did their job. Christian Gonzalez, if we're giving the Patriots compliments here, did a fantastic job on Garrett Wilson, which I'm sure didn't help Zach Wilson, nor did the play calling. Like I said, just egregious play calling by Nathaniel Hackett, constantly putting Zach Wilson in bad situations on top of the fact that he was playing poorly anyway. And then, of course, Jeremy Rucker and Miko Hardman barely playing for the second week in a row. I just don't understand. Hardman has barely played at all this season after them making a big deal about him and his acquisition in the offseason. Very strange. The Jets lose this one 15-10, and the crazy thing is, Andy, they had a million opportunities. I had a friend of mine who texted me who's a Patriots fan who said, the Patriots tried so hard to give that game away and the Jets wouldn't take it, which is true. The pivotal moment here in this game, I think, Andy, was that penalty on Joe Tipman that they actually called on Connor McGovern in the fourth quarter. It was a holding penalty. Wilson had led that touchdown drive to bring it to within 13-10, and then the Jets got the ball back after they stopped the Patriots. They had an opportunity to take advantage and ride that momentum. Zach Wilson runs for a first down on a big third down, but unfortunately it gets called back on a penalty that they called on, as I said, Connor McGovern. It was really on Joe Tipman, but it shouldn't have been called at all because Dietrich Wise fell on Joe Tipman. It wasn't anything that Tipman did. After that, the Jets got moved back. Zach Wilson wound up in the end zone, got sacked for the safety. 
they were never able to regain their momentum. Although, funny enough, Andy, at the very end of the game, Wilson threw a Hail Mary that went off the hands of Randall Cobb. So they still could have won this one in miracle fashion, but it just was not to be. We're going to dive in a little bit more on Zach Wilson, not too much, because I feel like just about everything that's needed to be said about Wilson has been said. This is a situation the Jets put themselves in. We knew he needed to be replaced at the end of last year. The Jets went out, they got Aaron Rodgers. But you and I said a bunch of times that they were putting themselves in a precarious position because if you wanted any chance of Zach Wilson eventually being able to do something in this league, he was going to have to sit and learn from Aaron Rodgers. With him being the backup quarterback, if anything happened to Rodgers, Wilson would have to play. That unfortunately is what happened. And clearly, even though he has made some progress, it just hasn't been enough. He's not a guy that should be playing right now. And so the Jets took a risk and it backfired on them. We'll get into the ramifications in a bit. But Andy, I think when you look at this game, what it really comes down to is, as you said, the defense did enough for the Jets to win. The offense just couldn't do anything. Garrett Wilson, unable to get open all day, certainly didn't help. But really, Nathaniel Hackett did a horrendous job of game planning, of play calling, of the snap counts for certain players. And Zach Wilson, other than that one drive, just wasn't good enough. And we can talk about other things, but it begins and ends with Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, like it's pretty. it was pretty clear a year ago, or by the end of last year, that it wasn't working with Zach Wilson. But at a certain point, you do have to do a better job as coaching staff of stop making excuses and, and finding a way to make it work and building a game plan that's good enough. And, and quite frankly, the Jets game plan is just, they, they look like they're scared and that's not, that's the way they're coaching him. That's the way they're going out there and playing. And, and, and you and that's what I think you're seeing this frustration from the players on the field is that, you, you know, when you see them open up the offense in the fourth quarter for one drive, it works. And I'm going to disagree with you on the Tipman penalty because, uh, yeah, the guy may have fallen, whatever. Tipman um, scissor wrapped his legs around him like a lobster and, and tripped him to the ground again. So it was it was a legit call um, if you go back and watch it. Uh, I mean, obviously a tough call in that situation, but and I think it, it may have been a different outcome. But, yeah, I thought it was a legit call. And um, it was just, you know, the fact that they're – Trotting out there, this kind of it just feels like they're defeated offensively before they're doing anything. And, and we saw it in the Cowboys game before halftime. They hurried up. Zach Wilson had some success. Why are they not like why why is that not happening until late in this game when it's when it's on the line when the game's on the line? It's just there's too many things that are going on. Like that. Why is why is why are they scheming the run game to where it's so wildly predictable? Um and of course, I, I think they had to make move, a move on the offensive line. My crit- criticism of Robert Sala isn't for making that move; it's the way he lied about it during the week. And you can, you know, have gamesmanship and be secretive without openly lying to the, to the fans and media about it, because it becomes hard to believe anything the guy is saying, including that they believe in Zach Wilson or don't believe in Zach Wilson or whatever he's saying. You, you can't. You have to take all of it with a grain of salt at this point, because nothing the guy says is believable. So, again, I have no problem with him making the move. I thought it was the right move for the Jets to make. Um, I know I took a lot of heat for whatever I tweeted about it. That's fine. Um, I don't really care. But 
I understand why he made the move. I just think it's, you know, silly wasting time. You know, Sal always talks about let the main thing be the main thing and don't spend so much time focused on trying to dupe everybody and maybe come up with a game plan against the Patriots that isn't trash. That would be my advice. So um, anyway, yeah, I mean, I would be frustrated as hell as if, I, if I was a Jets fan about watching this and I would be frustrated as hell if I was a Jets player in the locker room. And I think that's what felt different in the locker room today as opposed to every other Jets locker room I've been in that there was upset. Like it was clear last year, like they were pissed at Zach Wilson. And today it didn't feel like they were pissed at Zach Wilson as much as they're like, the coaching staff knows what we know that this kid isn't good enough, but like, why are we doing the same stuff? Why is this the game plan? Why are we being out coached? And why are we losing to a team that we're clearly better than it's, it's about more than just, Zach Wilson tanking the game for them. And I, and I don't have the box score in front of me, but I don't think Zach Wilson had a turnover today. Not that he was good enough to win. I, I'm not saying that, but they, they were in the game at the end. He's not a good quarterback. He's not the answer. They need to move on. They will at some point. Obviously, we all know that. I'm just saying they still were in the game. They're still better than the Patriots. And they all they need to do is be put in a position to make one play, and they weren't. And some a lot of it's on the players. A lot of it's on Zach Wilson, but a lot of it is on the coaching staff, and a lot of it is on the plan that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala had on the offensive line, at quarterback, et cetera. It's, it's not just about Zach Wilson, and it's not even defending him. It's just stating the reality. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Andy, as Steven Stills once sang, if you can't be with the one you love, then love the one you're with. And Zach Wilson may not be the one they love, Aaron Rodgers, but he's the one they've got right now. And as you said, he's got clear limitations and he hasn't shown himself to be the long-term answer. And we can sit here and say he's not good enough. And that's clearly been the case. But as you also said, there are some things he does well. So if you're going to do your best to win in spite of his limitations, just let him do what he does best and see where the chips fall. There's no other way to handle it at this point. And that's what Nathaniel Hackett and those guys should have done. They were failures today with their game plan as much as or more than Zach Wilson was out on the football field today. And the conversation will turn to what can the Jets do from here at quarterback. Tim Boyle's clearly not the answer. We know that. But what can they reasonably do? People are talking about Kirk Cousins. The Vikings are not trading Kirk Cousins after three weeks. And beyond Kirk Cousins, no team is trading their backup quarterback at this point. We're three weeks into the season. We've already seen a ton of backup quarterbacks have to be pressed into action. Gardner Minshew had to go in for Anthony Richardson with the Colts. We saw Jameis Winston already in for Derek Carr. Several instances of this around the league. Teams are not going to want to get rid of their insurance policies, whether that's Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, any of those guys at this point. If the Jets can hold on and be somewhat respectable by the deadline, but it's not looking great in that regard, then maybe at that point somebody falls out of contention and you can get somebody. But at this point, I don't think that's a realistic possibility. And people are talking now about getting somebody off the street. Matt Ryan's not coming out of the broadcast booth at 38 years old, not having touched a football in a year to go come and get killed behind the Jets offensive line. Nick Foles, maybe he wants to come back. 
that's fine. Good locker room guy. Doesn't really have much left, but at least he's experienced and will take care of the ball. I guess you could do worse given the situation. Carson Wentz, everybody keeps throwing that name out and tossing his box score stats in there. If you have read about what went on with Carson Wentz, if you've watched this tape, if you've talked to fans of the team he's played on, what you will know is that there's a reason that Carson Wentz was given up on three straight years in a row by three different teams and is currently unemployed. He might be better than Zach Wilson at this point, but so what? It's not good enough that it's going to really do anything. I guess if they want to sign him, sure, but let's not pretend like it's going to do anything to really help the Jets' season. So at this point, the Jets don't really have any tenable options. They are going to have to get a veteran because even if they continue to go with Zach Wilson, which is a tough pill to swallow in any way, they are still going to have to have a viable backup because A, they might have no choice but to pull Zach Wilson at some point soon. And B, Wilson's had injuries in each of the last two seasons, so you need somebody that's ready to play anyway. So Andy, I think a lot of people living in fantasy land in terms of some other team trading the Jets a quarterback. They're not going to be doing that just to do the Jets a favor. They've got their own teams to worry about. And as far as guys on the street, yeah, fine. Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, somebody like that, bring them in, I guess. But let's not pretend like it's going to make any real difference. Yeah, the idea of the Jets paying, you know, for for or making the trade, whatever it's going to cost, and then whatever salary it's going to cost to bring in a big time quarterback. Um, I mean, they're already so highly invested um, in the quarterback position that that makes it tougher. Obviously, they're limited in their cap space by some of the moves they made in the offseason, most notably uh, picking up Dalvin Cook rather than spending that money on a backup quarterback or a viable backup quarterback who they could have turned to. And also there's the whole factor of you know Aaron Rodgers is still a part of this team and everything they've done for the last – you know, eight months or six months since he they traded for him, and even before that was was to make sure that he's happy and and you know, it's not going to fly bringing in a guy like Kirk Cousins or someone who could potentially be a threat to him returning later in the year or or next year or whatever. So, um, you know, have to believe that, but it's 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 the truth. <laughs> it's a factor, and 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 also the fact that that Rodgers has been so publicly supportive of, of Zach Wilson is a factor in that too. So I, I think all of that plays into it less, maybe some less than others, but it's all a factor. And, and ultimately still it's the Jets job to, despite all of those complications, put this team in a position to win. And, you know, by, I don't understand going the last two weeks without bringing in a veteran. They needed to do that the second that Rodgers went down, but they didn't. And for whatever reason, it, it was the wrong decision. Clearly, if you if you you know watch what happened today, and the options aren't going to be good because they made a mistake long before that, which was not bringing in a veteran, a proven veteran this offseason who could help them win in the worst case, in case something happened to Aaron Rodgers, because we all saw how bad Zach Wilson was at the end of last year. So, whatever. It just is what it is, and the, now they're paying for the the mistakes that were made, you know, when the moment Rodgers went down and, and during the off season, for whatever reason, you know, it's up to the GM and the head coach to be the adults in the room, and they know what they have in Zach Wilson, they know what the atmosphere around this kid is in terms of the lack of patience for him. It's still an impossible situation for him to develop in especially when he was supposed to sit for a year or two to have a chance. 
um, nothing has changed. So, you know, the idea that he had some sort of, you know, quarterback transplant from Aaron Rodgers over the last six months that was going to fix everything that they clung to when they did this, it felt ridiculous and desperate. And it turns out that it is. And um, ultimately, you got to put that on the coaching staff and the GM that, that, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't come into the season properly prepared for the possibility of Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. And, and that's a big mistake, you know, when you're relying on a 39 year old quarterback. And obviously, also a big mistake when one of the major pieces they were relying on in the offensive line is, is a 38 year old left tackle. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Andy, like you said, they may have made a mistake not getting a veteran two weeks ago, but the real mistake was not getting a viable backup months and months ago when they had the opportunity to do so. They were counting on Aaron Rodgers not getting hurt, Zach Wilson, I guess, taking the second team reps, when in reality, if their plan was to rebuild Zach Wilson, they should have made sure he was sitting wasn't in a position to play before they felt he was ready. Any quarterback, let alone a 40-year-old quarterback, is a risk to get hurt, but certainly a 40-year-old quarterback and an even greater risk. They were playing with fire. They got burned. They should have gotten somebody like Andy Dalton or Jacoby Brissett or Teddy Bridgewater or Gardner Minshew earlier in the offseason. They failed to do it, and now they're going to have to pay the price. They made this bet, and now they have to lie in it. And hopefully they go back to the drawing board and figure out something because if this is what Jets fans have to look forward to the rest of the year, it's going to be really tough. Have to keep my fingers crossed and hold out hope that they figure out some way to fix this at least to an acceptable level or at least the most acceptable level that's possible at this point. Any injury news, Andy? I know going into this, the big injury news involved Dwayne Brown. Anything that came out of this game? No, I think, you know, William Williams had a score. As scare there, I think he got checked for a concussion, uh, but was immediately cleared to come back in the game, so he didn't miss much. Mekhi Becton ran off the field for one play, came back in. Um, it was all kind of little stuff like that, as far as I saw. And I don't remember hearing any Jets injuries come over the the big boards. So, yeah, I think they got through. I mean, that's, that's a bit of good news from this game, is that they got through this one unscathed on the injury front. Andy, take us inside the locker room. What we hear from Coach Sala and the players. Robert Sala was asked if Zach Wilson is still the right quarterback for this team. And basically his answer was, yeah. Um, and if, if it was getting, you know, basically a lot of short answers um, about Zach Wilson said he's still the, the quarterback, gives this team the best chance to win. I will say he, you know, spent most of that answer searching for the right words. And given the way he talked about the offensive line this week, um, you know, I, the fact that he says that Zach Wilson, they still believe in him and he's a quarterback going forward means absolutely nothing. So, um, I mean, do with that what you will. But that's that's what he had to say. Um, you know, and again, I'm not, you know, I think Salah has done some nice things for this team. And the proof is in the fact they were able to come back and win that, that Monday night game. Um Again, I was going to, you know, I, I just don't think, you know, I don't agree with the way he's handled some things, obviously. So uh, it doesn't mean I think he's a terrible coach, but but I think there's a lot of question marks and, and you know, a lot of them are becoming apparent. Uh, some, you know, some of the other things he said, you know, that it's a, it's a total team effort. It's not just on the quarterback, which is true. Uh, you know, the offensive line has to, has to be better and block better and, 
you know, everybody, you know, and, and the defense, you know, again, I think where last week was, you could put a lot of the loss in the defense. He, you know, he said correctly that the defense did a pretty good job today. So, um, and like I said, in the locker room, you know, the tone was different. Zach Wilson said, I have to be better. Said all the right things, unlike the last time he played the Patriots and we said all the wrong things. But you could just see, you know, the way the players were talking. Um, you know, Michael Carter addressed his whole, you know, public, very public on the sideline dust up with uh, the running backs coach and, you know, Taylor Embry and, and basically said, you know, he doesn't want people to be reading into what was said or done like that, that him and Embry of the relationship that extends far beyond football and that it wasn't like a disrespectful thing. It's just like two competitors. And I think like, that's totally fair. And there's should like, I think Jets fans should be encouraged by seeing, you know, it's not like it's outward, like fighting, like you saw on the Broncos sideline last year, there's like disagreements and competitive disagreements and, and Garrett Wilson and getting into it with Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, Garrett Wilson said the most telling stuff in the locker room that basically that they they he doesn't feel he's being put in the best position to show off his skills. And you know, I asked about what worked on the drive that that actually went somewhere. And he's like, he basically said that you know they they let us cut it loose. So you're seeing this frustration. You know, it's not directed all at Zach Wilson because I think the players are learning or seeing that they don't feel like he's being put in the best position either. And I think that's kind of a shift, you know, that has is definitely different than last year, where I think everybody was pretty united in like, what the hell is this kid's problem? Uh, It's sort of shifted. So, you know, it's definitely also the whole thing you know, with, with after losing Aaron Rodgers and kind of the trauma of that, I think the players, it's only been two weeks. It hasn't even, it's only 13 days on Sunday since that happened. And I think they're all kind of like dealing with, with that. But yeah, I mean, the main stuff said in the locker room, there was definitely, you're starting to see this frustration with the coaching staff and that, and really, really early in the season, that's, that's unusual for to see this level of frustration and and it's it's on the offensive side of the ball. And then speaking of ball, Thos uh, Gardner uh, detailed the incident that he had with Mac Jones uh, in the third quarter. I think it was third or fourth quarter. I can't remember which. It was in the second half, and it was after Mac Jones tried to get the first down on a quarterback sneak. He didn't get it, uh, but kept like fighting. Ended up getting body slammed by C.J. Mosley. And then if you watch it, he gets up later in the play. He kind of walks by after the play, walks by Gardner. And then all of a sudden Gardner like snaps up and throws him to the ground. And Sauce explained what happened, which was he was asked if if something happened below the belt. He was like, yeah, that's never happened to me before. He said basically that he, after Jones like got knocked down, he reached out his hand like like Sauce was going to help him up. And Sauce kind of like brushed his hand out of the way. That Jones got up, looked at Sauce, like walked over to him, was like, good job. And then while he was doing that, Sauce didn't know what to say. He's like, he 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 hit me in my uh in my private parts. And then he started <laughs> laughing. And, and basically, so yeah, Max Jones said good job to him and cup checked him. Nut nut tapped him, whatever you want to call it. Um and then Sauce like shoved him to the ground and said he wasn't proud of the way he reacted, but then afterwards I mean, it's just so ridiculous. 
it's so ridiculous. But afterwards, Sauce was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to ice it up." And so he's trying to he's trying to keep me from having kids in the future. He's tripping. So um, he said it hurt in his stomach a little bit. I mean, his team always it's always interesting. So I mean, I'm not laughing because it's funny that somebody. I mean, it's ridiculous. Obviously, Mac Jones is like this guy who looks like you know the cherubic image and you know the Mr. Nice Guy, and he's out here taking cheap shots at guys, which has been seen before. But that's a very good example of a cheap shot for a guy to be like, oh, good job, and then literally hitting another man in in his junk. So, um, I mean, a fitting way to talk about the end of this game for the Jets. It was – I mean, let's not forget, this was a huge, huge game for the Jets and a very frustrating result. I think it's very easy for them to continue treading water if they win this game, especially the way the Broncos look today. You, you win today, you lose the Chiefs, you're still at 500. You beat the Broncos, you lose to the Eagles, you're still a 500. Now, if you have if you don't beat the Broncos, when 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 are you winning again? So, um, I think that's kind of the way the, the 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 worry and the frustration in the locker room. They know they let an opportunity get away, and obviously now there's there's significant scar tissue against the Patriots. A fitting story to end this podcast because it was a ridiculous day, so why not hear a ridiculous tale? At least it gave me a good laugh hearing about what Sauce had to say about the Mac Jones encounter. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the Jets' loss today at MetLife Stadium, 15-10 to 10 at the hands of the New England Patriots. Really appreciate it. Make sure you check out everything Andy's doing at NJ.com. Check out everything we've got going at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, so watch those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Clinton Williams. Bless you. Thank you. Shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo. Shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.